0: to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the irrational worship of creation as we pick up in Revelation chapter 14, verse 7. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck.
1: And he says with a loud voice, they should fear God Give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is come and worship him that made the heaven and the earth. Now, men foolishly are worshiping the heavens. They're worshiping the earth. They are worshiping, as Paul said, the creature more than the creator. Worship the God who made the heavens. That's the rational thing to do. It's irrational to worship creation. Creation testifies of a creator The evolutionist worships creation Because they did not want to retain God in their mind God gives them over to reprobate minds Professing themselves to be wise They become fools because they worship and serve the creature More than the creator who is blessed forevermore So in the proclaiming of the everlasting gospel They are given words of wisdom Worship him who has made the heaven and earth and sea and the rivers and the streams and the lakes. There followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city because she made all of the nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication and will get... Now, in chapter 17, complete details on this fall of Babylon as we read the very same thing, and we are given details on the fall of this great religious system of Babylon. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if any man worships the beast and his image or receives his mark in his forehead or in his hand, The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Now, this means that God is going to give every man a chance. First, the angel proclaims the everlasting gospel. Now, this angel warns man against worshiping the beast or taking his mark so that if a man does take the mark, does worship the beast or his image, he is doing it knowingly, he is doing it willfully in willful rebellion against God Because he has been deceived into thinking that in the final conflict that will soon be taking place that Satan and the forces of darkness will be able to overcome the forces of light. You listen to those who are involved in the satanic cults and satanic worship today, and they do say, hey, we are winning, just look around and you can see. Christianity doesn't have a chance. We're on the winning side. And they are advocating their victory. I heard some kid the other day advocating. He was a Satan worshiper. And, and declaring that, hey, we're winning. Just look at the world in which you live. We're winning. Evil is going to triumph over good. And they're declaring their victory. And they're actually deceived and believing that they will be able to triumph. Thus, when the angel goes through the skies warning them They're taking the mark after that Will be a deliberate, willful Act of rebellion against God And that is why At this final opportunity The gospel will be proclaimed God would not proclaim it Unless it were the opportunity of being saved And there is that final rejection That identifying themselves Against God And thus the wrath of God is to be poured out the cup of his indignation. Indignation is a Old Testament word for the great tribulation. You find it used many times in the Old Testament in reference to the tribulation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels, the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends up forever and ever. And they have no rest, day nor night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receives the mark... Of his name. Now, here is the patience of the saints. Now, we were also told earlier the patience of the saints is to know that you know they that incarcerate them will be incarcerated and so forth. They that kill with a sword must be killed with a sword. Here is the patience of the saints in this point. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, now the three angels flying through the midst of heaven, but now this is another voice from heaven. Write, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. From henceforth, at this point, because of the great tribulation that's going to come upon the earth, those that are martyred by their refusal, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord, who die for their testimony for the Lord. For they have ceased from their labors, or they rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. Now this is also confirmed by the Spirit. Yea, saith the Spirit. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud. And upon the cloud there was one sitting like the Son of Man, having an... On his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle and reap. For the time has come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle, and the earth, on the earth, and the earth was reaped. An interesting passage again Parallel passage in the book of Isaiah Of him who was coming His garments were like those Who had been treading in the winepress Jesus when he comes Coming to clean up the earth And to establish his kingdom And here is pronounced The time has come Thrust in your sickle Reap the earth. Another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, and he cried cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, "Thrust in thy sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. Man has come to the fullness of rebellion against God, and the time of God's final judgments have come. And so the order to thrust in the sickle." And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city and the blood came out of the winepress even unto the horse's bridles by the space of a thousand six hundred furlongs. From Megiddo to Edom and we read in Isaiah's prophecy that he will be coming from Edom with blood, or with his garments stained with blood. Who is this that comes, you know, with garments stained with blood in, in Isaiah's prophecy? From Edom to Armageddon is 1,600 furlongs. And when this judgment comes, the, the armies and, and the nations of the world will have gathered for a, a final conflict. Seeking, really, to overthrow the Lord on his return. Psalms 2, God said, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? For they have gathered against the Lord and against his anointed, his Messiah, his Christ. The people imagining a vain thing, that they can actually overthrow Jesus Christ and prohibit him coming and establishing his reign. Knowing that he's coming again, knowing that he's coming to that area, they're gonna gather together and they actually feel they can overthrow him. The people have imagined a vain thing for they've gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. But he saith unto me, ask of me and I will give you the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. For the Lord in heaven shall laugh for he will have them in derision. I mean, this stupid, Of of Satan and man thinking that they could actually overthrow God God will just chuckle at the thought And now we come to the prelude to the final seven plagues By which God's judgment will be completed upon the earth And the earth prepared for the reign of Jesus Christ And I saw another sign in heaven Great and marvelous, there were seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is completed the wrath of God, filled up, accomplished. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, the sea of glass that is before the throne of God, now being mingled with fire for the fiery judgments that are to come, And them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over the image and over his mark and over the number of his name. And they were standing on the sea of glass having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God. These are redeemed Israel who have been saved during the great tribulation period. Who have received Jesus Christ as the result of the two witnesses And the 144,000 who will also be bearing witness to them at that time So they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God And the song of the Lamb Saying, great and marvelous are thy works Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways Thou King of Saints Here's the song that is preceding the final judgments of God poured out upon the earth and again, the justice of God is declared all the way through this great tribulation period. Voices from the throne, from beneath the throne, crying out, holy and just are thy ways, righteous and true are thy judgments. There will never be a question or a doubt of the righteousness of God. Man does that now. How can a God of love do this or that or the other? And man challenges the justice and the righteousness of God now. But when the final time comes, throughout eternity, there can never be any challenge of the fairness of God, of the righteousness of God, or of the judgments of God. There will always be that declaration of holy and true are thy ways, thy judgments. O Lord, even as God sought to protect the innocence of Jesus in his death by many testimonies. Pilate examined him even by scourging. And after this Roman Inquisition, Pilate said, I find no fault with him. Testimony of the innocence of Jesus. Jesus. Judas, the one that betrayed him, when he threw the money down on the floor, said, I have betrayed innocent blood, a witness to the innocence of Jesus. And finally, even as he was hanging there on the cross, the one thief said to the other, we're here because we deserve to be here, but this man has done nothing amiss. God protected the record. Jesus was innocent. He was the just one dying for the guilty. Now, through the great tribulation, God's justice, God's righteousness, God's fairness is constantly being vindicated and declared. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For only thou art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of his testimony in heaven was opened, and the seven angels came out of the temple And they had the seven plagues Clothed in pure and white linen And having their breasts girded with golden girdles So there are seven angels Bringing now the seven final plagues The judgments of God And in this will the judgment be complete And one of the four cherubim Gave to the seven angels Seven golden vials Little bowls full of the wrath of God Who liveth for ever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. Now there is in heaven a temple of which the earthly tabernacle was a model. The very presence and place of God's dwelling there within the Holy of Holies, And now even as when Moses established the earthly tabernacle and the presence of God came down like a cloud and Aaron and the others could not stand to minister because of the power of God's presence that was there in this cloud. So now in heaven as we see the temple of God, we see this cloud covering it during this final pouring forth of the judgment of God, and no man is allowed entrance during this period of time. I believe the reason why is that God is in His temple weeping over what is taking place upon the earth. You remember Jesus said to His disciples one day, He who has seen me has seen the Father. Why sayest thou then, show us the Father? You remember when Jesus was looking at Jerusalem and he began to weep. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stonest the prophets and all that have come from God to thee, how often I would have gathered you together as a hen doth gather her chicks, but you would not. And now is your city laid unto you desolate. Your children are going to be slain in the streets. They're going to put an embankment around you and 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 He was describing the agony, the judgment that was gonna come upon Jerusalem because of their failure to recognize their day of visitation. If you had only known in this thy day the things that belong to your peace, but they're hid for your eyes, and now as a result of this, the judgment that's gonna come. And Jesus was weeping as he could see the judgment that was gonna come upon Jesus. said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, God does not delight in the death of the wicked. In fact, through the prophet Ezekiel, God said, turn ye, turn ye, for why will ye die? Behold, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. I believe that God weeps over the wickedness of man and those who remain abdurate in their rebellion against God to death. And so as God's final plagues are poured out, temple is closed for man covered with a cloud as I believe God sits in the temple weeping over what man has necessitated as a result of his rebellion and God is forced to put away the evil in order to prepare the earth for the righteous reign of his son throughout the kingdom age Awesome.
0: return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Revelation on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible and we do hope you'll make plans to join us but right now if you'd like to order a copy of today's message simply order Revelation 14 through 15 when visiting the word for today.org and while you're there be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck
1: Father, we thank you for salvation offered to us so freely through Jesus Christ. Thank you for your love, sending your Son, taking our guilt, the innocent dying for the guilty, purchasing our redemption making us children of God, making possible, Lord, our dwelling with you. And now, Father, in Jesus' name, let us hide your word away in our hearts. May the Holy Spirit impress upon our hearts the truth of your word, And thus may we live in accordance with that truth. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord be with you. Give you a beautiful week. Fearsome, awesome things are coming upon the earth. Jesus, in talking about them, said, pray ye always that you'll be accounted worthy to escape these things that are going to come to pass upon the earth, that you might be standing before the Son of Man. That is my prayer. I want to walk in close fellowship with Jesus Christ. I wouldn't dare walk any other way at this point. I am convinced that the day of the Lord is at hand In the same place where Jesus said, pray that you'll be accounted worthy, he also said, when these things begin to come to pass, look up, lift up your head, your redemption's drawing nigh. Hey, we're not far off from that time when they will require everyone to take this mark in their right hand or in their forehead. The technology exists. It's being used in a altered form right now. Already being used The same system That can be easily transferred Into everyone receiving That mark for identity Look up, lift up your head Your redemption draws nigh The Lord is coming soon And the words of Jesus to us in this day Is watch ye therefore And be ready For you know not the day or the hour the Son of Man is coming. Look up, lift up your head. Your redemption is drawing nigh. Walk with Him. I would say run with Him. God bless you. As you run with Jesus this morning.
0: This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California.
2: Hey, I want to tell you about a biblical counseling ebook by Chuck Smith. It's pretty easy to download and takes only a minute. I can't tell you how grateful I am for something like this. It's a game changer for anyone who needs to counsel or talk with someone on the spot. Like when I'm talking with my friends and a complicated issue comes up, I can do a quick search on my phone and get immediate answers that lead them to God's Word. So not only do I get Pastor Chuck's commentary, but I can find out what the Bible says about it. There's seriously so many helpful topics like dating or self-image, lust, waiting on God, or even what certain religions or cults mean. I could even use this when I have a question myself. To download the Biblical Counseling ebook by Chuck Smith or to preview a demo, visit the wordfortoday.org and click on the link provided. To find out more, you can call one 800 Two seven two ninety six seventy three one eight hundred two seven two ninety six seventy three. 272 one